friends. Thanks for tuning in to the Proverbs 31 Ministries podcast, where we share biblical truth for any girl in any season. I'm your host, Kaylee Olson, and I'm here with my co-host, Meredith Brock. Well, hey, Kaylee. I am so excited for mm-hmm. our listeners to hear our message today. Me too. We have a really special guest. Um, he really doesn't need an introduction. I know. <laughs> because everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. But Bob Goff will be joining us on the podcast mm-hmm. today. And y'all, he is just a well of wisdom mm-hmm. and somehow mixes in an ex- like an exceptional amount of humor into his wisdom at the same time. Yes, he does. <laughs> like it's really unusual and absolutely charming. Uh-huh. And you walk away going, wow, I just belly laughed, but I also just thought about the meaning of life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so my goodness, you guys are in for a treat today. He has a study out right now called Undistracted capture your purpose, rediscover your joy. And it is not only a study guide, but it also has a streaming video with it. And I'm telling you, I think you're going to want to get your hands on this. Anything Bob Mm -hmm. does, you want to get your hands on. So you can get that study at the link in our show notes at proverbs31.org. Yep, that's right, Meredith. And before we transition into our teaching, I want to ask you guys to do a big favor for us. We don't ask for this a lot, but if you would, after you listen to this podcast, go to Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen on and leave us a review. When you do that, it's a way to get our show into more people's hands or ears, I guess, if you Mm -hmm. want to say it that way. Uh, But there's some really good material on here and I don't want people to be missing out on this. And so it really helps us get this message out, which helps other people. So that's that's all. All right, guys, here's our conversation with Bob. Well, we are excited to have our friend Bob Goff on the show with us today. Thank you so much for joining us, Bob. Hey, you bet. What a treat to be with you too. There he is, the famous Bob Goffel. For those of you who aren't familiar with Bob, he is a New York Times bestselling author, a podcaster, and is passionate about encouraging people to pursue their dreams. And I know for me, it's hard to hear the name Bob Goff and not automatically think of the word fun because (laughs) I remember, Bob, I remember reading your book, Love Does, and learning so much about you. So before we dive into your teaching, I want to ask you a few questions to help our audience get to know you a little bit better. Is that okay with you? You bet. Fire away. Awesome. Okay. Is it true that you once used Disneyland as your office? Well, yes and no. It's still true that I use Disneyland what? as my <laughs> office. <laughs> I go to Tom Sawyer Island, usually on Wednesdays, 10 to 2. Uh, last <laughs> time I was there, there were 40 people waiting for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Isn't it awesome? I'm the only guy with a laptop in case nobody shows up. I know I've, I haven't gone on a ride in years, but it's just fun. If somebody wants to talk about something, I'm like, that's where we'll meet. Wow. Meredith, Meredith, I don't know about you, but I think we're doing it wrong. I think we're doing it wrong. <laughs> I think we need to relocate to the, to the Disney World. I Disneyland. love that. That's amazing. Listen, I'll be waiting for you on the bench. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. Second question. Word on the street is you are a brand new farmer and I'm a country girl at heart. So I'm excited to hear the answer to this question. What is the most surprising thing you've learned? What it's have you really learned? true. I got a, uh, we bought this Young Life camp uh, that used to be called Oak Bridge. And then we turned it in. We kind of gave away all the bunk beds and let all the Skittles fall out between the walls. And then we uh, tore, tore down all the rooms and then made them sweets and made it a really nice place to come and hang. And we just want people to go there and uh, get better. 
get better at whatever they need to get better at. And, uh, and so then we, uh, uh, have a farm right next to it. I have 20 horses. Is that crazy? And I'm not a guy that grew up near horses and there's 30 cattle and 22 chickens, but only about, uh, 18 eggs a day. So someone is not participating. Uh, we've got pigs and fainting sheep. That's my favorite. Have you seen those? You clap your hands and they tip over. No. Oh, you got to do it. Go on YouTube. It'll change your life. Yeah. Fainting sheep. If only you could do that with your children when they're running away yes. and you clap once and they all just tip over. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the most interesting thing I've learned on this farm, we had a, uh, Oh, we have Highland cattle. Have you seen those before? They're fuzzy. They have bangs and uh, yeah. really long hair. And uh, we had one delivered. It's called Pluto. And when Pluto came off of the uh, trailer last week, he's a really affectionate 800-pound cow. And he went to nuzzle me, but he gored me. <laughs> it didn't go through me, but it definitely went in me. And uh the guy that dropped him off, I'm like, what the heck? I'm bleeding. And uh, the guy dropped him off. He said, Pluto doesn't know he has horns. I'm like, oh, that'll preach. Like, because yeah, Pluto's horns are above and behind his eyes. So when he goes and nuzzle you, he doesn't know. He's actually poking you with this three-foot horn. And uh, so I'm learning a ton about that. I'm, I'm trying to give a little grace to my friends that don't know they have horns. <laughs> Oh, that's a, that is amazing. Are you okay? That's what, that's my next question. I am. I'm just more I'm resilient. I'm scrapping. <laughs> well, Bob, we are again, just so grateful to have you here today. We know you're here today to talk about how to live undistracted. Kaylee and I are going to turn off our mics now and we're going to hand it over to you to share with us what you have been learning about living undistracted. Well, thank you, Meredith and Kaylee. And for everybody listening, um, gosh, have you felt uh, distracted? If you're like me, if you're breathing, <laughs> you're distracted. It's really hard to do this idea is you can cross stitch into a pillow to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus from Hebrews 12. One, but, but what about like actually as you go through your day? Like how do you live an undistracted life? Because we can't be doing the things that God wants us to do and if we're distracted by what everybody else is doing. So the first idea I want you to have is this. I want you to tend to your own fire. What is it that God is doing in your life rather than figuring out what God is doing in everybody else's life? <laughs> so remember when you were in uh, elementary school and they said, keep your eyes on your own paper? It still holds true. I want you to do that. Maria famously told me that uh, and keeps reminding me. And and the, the truth behind this is that God never compares what he creates. And sometimes we are tempted to see, and it doesn't come from a bad place. You just want to say, hey, am I doing okay? Am I somewhere in the vicinity of where my life should be right now, Where you, whether you're 20 or 82? You're just saying, am I doing? And so we're tempted to look around us. That's this herd instinct. We say like, what else is happening in the herd? Um, and what I want you to do is uh, keep this in mind that the devil, and I don't see the devil around every corner, but all of darkness, uh, I promise you, they don't want to destroy you. They want to distract you. Destroy is one and done. Distract is the gift that keeps taking. <laughs> it just, if I get distracted, uh, then Meredith uh, and Kaylee will be distracted and then they'll go home and the people they love will be distracted. And this, so what I want us to do 
<clears throat> is to figure out in our faith what we're hoping for. I want us to hang a target on that. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is confidence in what you're hoping for and assurance of what you haven't seen. Isn't that a great verse? Let that sink in on, on you. It's confidence in what you're hoping for and assurance in what you haven't seen yet. What I was hoping for for my uh, boys in high school is that they would graduate from high school. <laughs> Seemed like about even money. They would or wouldn't. Uh, what I hadn't seen yet was homework. <laughs> my son told me it hadn't been assigned for four years. I'm like, I don't think so. So I don't want you to check your common sense at the door, but what I want you to do is hang a target on what you're hoping for and have assurance in what you haven't seen yet, but then make the inquiries that you need to make to find the assurance, right? I've asked the questions and don't be afraid to bring Jesus uh, some of your insecurities, some of your questions. Mark 9, it's a dad like me. And he says, I believe, help my disbelief. And, and I, man, I can relate to that. I, I don't want to act as if I believe everything. That was Ananias and Sapphira. They acted like they were a place that they weren't. I think what God wants is humble people that are undistracted enough that they don't care what other people are thinking about what their faith looks like. They care about what their faith is. So let me ask you, what are you hoping for? I know my earliest hope. Uh, I wanted to go out on a date in junior high school in the worst way. It seemed like some of my friends were, but it was never quite happening for me. Uh, so I had that hope for three or four years of junior high school. They held me back a grade. And then I rolled into high school and I thought, certainly I'll get a date in high school. And I asked plenty of times, but it never quite happened. Um, I, I squeezed four years of college into five, and I had the same ambition. I wanted a date. This is what I was hoping for. And it never happened. I, I kept checking to see, do I have a sign around my neck? Like, don't date this guy. Uh, I'm in my second year of law school, and sweet Maria walks in the door. She wasn't sweet Maria Goff, but I was aiming to change that. Uh, and uh, I was just smitten immediately. And I asked her out on a date, and she said no, too. <laughs> Uh, so I knew that she uh, was going to be at this Young Life camp and uh, she was going to be leading uh, high school girls. They were going to be the girls work crew. So I'm no dummy. I got adjacent to her. And I want to loop back on this idea of adjacency uh, again. But I, I got adjacent to where she was uh, and I got 10 high school guys to be the guys work crew boss. And on the first night of camp, this elderly woman, her pacemaker stops. She face plates in the spaghetti. She's gone. Like, go to Jesus, out of here. But I knew how to do CPR, and I got her on the floor. I was pushing on her chest. I was blowing into her wrinkled lips. It was not the first kiss I was hoping for. And she lived like full Lazarus. <laughs> and Maria thought, this guy is not much to look at, but he could be useful in a pinch. And this is the beginning of this 35 and a half year uh, pursuit. Now, I've been loving her for about 38. I keep telling her I'm better at it than you. I've been at it longer. But what I want you to do is think about this. What are you hoping for? And can you get adjacent to what you're hoping for? Uh, it was always a lawyer like me that tried to set Jesus up. And he said, what's the big commandment? And he says, love God with your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor like yourself. Adjacency means neighborly. It means finding the people that are 
in your uh, your blast radius. They're they're your neighbors on your left and your right, and they're in front of you and behind you. And so I don't want to hear you talking about going to the ends of the earth with the gospel if you won't go to the end of your street. So don't fly across an ocean. Go across the street <laughs> today. Make them a pie. <laughs> if they don't want it, I do. It'll be in the show notes where to mail it. I, what I want you to do is do something with your faith and take agreeing with Jesus off the table. Galatians 5, 6, uh, the only thing that counts is your faith expressed in love. Uh, know what you're hoping for. Hang a target on it. Do something about it. Express your faith in love in really tangible ways. And here's the crazy part. Jesus doesn't need your help. <laughs> I asked him before we started the podcast. I ask him every day, God, what do you need my help with? And he keeps saying the same thing. Not a thing. <laughs> what he wants is our hearts. What he wants you to do is to show up uh, with palms up, open hands to say, God, what's an opportunity for me today? And what we need to do if we're really going to get there, if we're going to live this undistracted life, is we need to get real with some of the hurts that we've had. Because if we skip over those hurts, uh, then we don't actually get to the help part. We can't help other people if we haven't addressed some of the hurts and wounds in our life. And so what I want you to do, it's uh, Romans 5.3. If you flip there, you're going to say this idea that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance results in character. Character turns into hope. So this idea of uh, confidence in what you're hoping for being the definition of faith, uh, assurance in what you haven't seen, it's all hope-based. And the way that you get to hope isn't to just skip over all the hard stuff. And now as an Enneagram 7, if you're hip to that personality type, and I bet you are, I'm the enthusiast. So I'm just, I want to live in happy. (laughs) Happy is my people. Um, And so what I want to do is skip right to the hope part. And what Paul is saying in Romans is that you need to take your suffering and let your suffering turn into perseverance. Let your perseverance result in character and let your character turn into hope. And so what I want you to do, and it's an odd way to get there, uh, but to live an undistracted life, I need you to go backwards and just say, hey, what are some of the pinch points? What were the constriction points? Where were there's some wounds in my life? Um, what we all do uh, is we make stories up when we're eight years old, nine years old, seven years old. We'll make a story up about life. You don't have the emotional tools to deal with your life at eight years old and some wonky stuff will happen to you. It happened to me. It seems like it happens to everybody. And you make up a story. My story was everybody was going to leave me. Like I would be totally abandoned. It wasn't true, but it was a story I made up. Some stuff happened and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to be all alone. And so then what you do with those stories, you make rules around the stories. They're like scaffolding to keep your really fragile life together. And the rule I made up around that story is that I'm not going deep with anybody. Why? The stories everybody's going to leave. Like, why go deep? It'll just be more painful if I do. And so then what I decided to do is like turn that into like a, a, a life approach, like the way to keep it really shallow with everybody. Just be funny. And so little insecure Bobby Goff at eight years old became by 10 or 12, the funny guy. And then all the way through high school and college and all that, I I didn't have any meaningful relationships. The reason I couldn't go out on a date 
is that I wasn't willing to go deep. I was a snorkeler. I kept in the top two feet of every relationship I was in. And I think what Jesus is inviting us to do is to be shipwreck divers. He wants us to go down deep. That's where the gold is. And so what I want you to do for yourself is to think, what are the stories that I made up? What are the rules that I made up around the stories? And are those stories, were they ever true? Uh, And if they were true at one time, are they still true? Maybe not. Uh, What are the rules that I made up? What are some of the behaviors I made up to cope or medicate some of that? And so one of the rules that I found out wasn't serving me is just being funny all the time. Um, That I realized I was just escaping. I was trying to break away from actually going deep. And I think if we want to live undistracted life, we make that courageous trip. We say, what are the stories? What are the rules I made up? And let's write some new rules uh, around that. I like Acts 4.3. <clears throat> it talks about Peter and John. It said, aren't those just underschooled, ordinary guys? I mean, those are the guys down the block, right? And, and it, it said they could tell that they'd been with Jesus because they saw their courage. Boy, I'm telling you, if you want to people to know you spent some time with Jesus, I want you to do the courageous work of going a little bit deeper than you have before. I want you to know what you're hoping for, why you're hoping for it, and to trust that even if you haven't seen that yet, that God is going to provide this. This isn't just saying like, I've got this big dream and I'm just going to, if I think about it long enough, it's going to happen. What I want you to do is the more difficult and important work of identifying your suffering, identify the sticking points in your life, saying, God, can you turn this into perseverance? Kind of like the book of James. Can you make something beautiful about that? Will you turn that into beautiful character. For me, patience is something I'm working on right now. And I'm a really impatient guy. If you weren't uh, just on a podcast, I'd make you raise your hand (laughs) if you're impatient. Uh, like, And I'd tell you to hurry up while you're doing it. I I make coffee nervous. I'm so amped, as you can tell. Um, But what I'm trying to do is deal with that character and then bring that to Jesus. I know what I'm hoping for. I want to see more patience in my life. I have assurance, even though I haven't seen it yet. And then I want that to turn into hope. And if we figure out that part, gosh, I think we figure out everything. Do you know there's 37 miracles in the Bible? Uh, they, they're the first one, that's low-hanging fruit, right? Water into wine. Um, what I've been doing is not just studying what the miracle was, but studying what was going on around the miracle. And this is what Mary told to the guy with the water. He said, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Isn't that beautiful? So what I want you to do is to think about what you've heard um, uh, us talking about today in the podcast, and then do whatever Jesus tells you to do. I want you to do what Paul said. Take every single thing you've heard from me, everything you've heard from any other teacher of the scriptures and check it against scripture. Look up those Bible verses, see if that's really true. And then to say, Jesus, what do you want me to do with this? What's my next move? That's a person who has their head on a swivel. And people who have their head looking for opportunities find Jesus. It just happens every single time. And I want you, I'm going to close with this last thing. You've got a message for the world. Um, I think God has uniquely given each of us a message. Do you know, kind of like Paul Revere, he had a message. And remember what his message was, right? 
the British were coming. But that actually wasn't the message because <laughs> this was before the Revolutionary War and actually everyone was British at the time. <laughs> It'd be like saying, you're here. Um, but, but what his message was is that the British regulars were coming. He knew where he had to go with that message. It was Concord to tell Samuel Adams about it. I, I want you to know what your message is. I want you to know where you need to deliver it. Maybe that's to a loved one. Maybe that's to a coworker. Maybe that's thing. And I don't want you to ride alone. Paul Revere rode with two guys. Here's the crazy part. Paul didn't even own a horse. You know what he did? He went to a guy at church who he knew had a fast horse. And I'll tell you, Proverbs 31, you guys are fast ponies. I want you to take this message that God has given you. Take this word of love and hope and undistracted life. Tell it to a friend. Tell them what you're learning. Look up Hebrews 11.1. 1. Look up Hebrews 12.1. Uh, look up uh, Galatians 5.6. Look up Acts 4.3. I want you to find these things. And I want you to like not just agree with them, but to say, how can I see this manifesting itself in my life in really beautiful ways? I'm going to tell you one last um, uh, miracle that Jesus did, and then I'll stop. Uh, Jesus was walking down the shore of Galilee, and he saw a boat, and it was sitting uh, uh, empty on the shore. And so he got in it, and he started paddling. It was the first boat jacking. So he paddled out, and he saw two brothers who were out in their boat. They'd been fishing all night. <clears throat> and he told them this, push out a little deeper. And you know what? They thought it was a stupid idea, but they did it anyway. What I want you to do, this courageous work of saying, what are the stories I made up in my life? What are the rules that I made up around the story? That's courageous work. And I want you to push out a little deeper. Don't stay in the top two feet of your faith. Well, that's what I have to share with you guys. So delighted to be on the podcast and God bless you guys. Well, Bob, that was absolutely wonderful. Kaylee and I have taken pages of notes mm-hmm. over here. <laughs> um, I do have a question for you though. Okay. I'm thinking about our listeners and I'm thinking about where they might be in this season of the world. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot going on mm-hmm. and a lot of really hard things. And at the top of the podcast, you you, you use this phrase of like, what are you hoping for? And then hang a target on that hope. And so what would you say to our listeners? Because I think for a lot of people right now, they've, they've lost hope, mm-hmm. you know, and they find themselves in this place of, I just, I hoped for so long this would be different. Yeah. And I hoped that life would turn out differently. And I'm, I'm tired of hoping that this would change. <sighs> if somebody finds themselves in that place, where do they go? What do they do? It's a great question. And I want you to picture this. We're walking across the Gobi Desert. Uh, there's no uh, waypoints. There's nothing to look at. And the weird part is eventually you will walk in a circle to your left or you'll walk in a circle to your right, depending on if your left leg is longer than your right or your right leg's longer than your left. The way you straighten this thing out, again, you hang a target on something. So this feels like a really hopeless time for you. I want you to hang a target on something. Find a waypoint. I've uh, sailed to Hawaii and back a couple times. And what we do, you don't say from the West Coast, put a pin in Hawaii and go the whole way there. What you do is pick waypoints along the way, like imaginary X's 
uh, in the water and you steer from waypoint to waypoint. I set them about 200 miles, which is a good day of sailing away from each other. So what I want you to do is instead of being overwhelmed by everything that's going on around you, I want you to pick a couple waypoints. I'm going to greet three people today. I'm going to do what Philippians 2.20 says. I'm going to take a genuine interest in their lives. And what I find is it makes me very, very present with where I am right now and with what God's doing. Rather than freaked out about everything going on in the world, I'm just thinking about the person in front of me and I'm taking a genuine interest in them. And I think that'll help you kind of just chunk it up a little bit. Um, I don't want to get distracted by all the things going on around me. I want to see what God is doing within me. That's so good. And so such a practical piece of advice that I think wherever you find yourself on that kind of trajectory of hopeful or hopeless, you can, you can put to work something there. So so, thank you, Bob. I think Kaylee had something she wanted to ask. Well, I did, I did have a question, but Bob kind of answered it in the way that he just followed up with that question, because I think your advice, Bob, about doing just kind of the next thing and being present in where you are, whether you are hopeful or hopeless applies to women, no Mm -hmm. matter what stage of life you're in. Because I think uh, one of the greatest things that God did when he created women was give us the capacity to love a lot of different people in a lot of different seasons, Mm -hmm. to have multiple different jobs and different capacities. Because like I am a, I'm a wife, I'm a person, I'm a mom. I'm an employee. Mm-hmm. Like Meredith, you you can add more to that list. We're friends. <laughs> yeah. We're like all of that. And so sometimes I can look at everything that I've got going on and be like, oh my goodness, I'm distracted by the big picture. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I think we talked about it a while ago, Meredith, before, I think when I told you that I was pregnant last mm-hmm. year, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to deal or how I'm going to handle the work and the life balance. Balance is not Mm -hmm. a great word. Uh, And you said something like, just be present with where you are right now. And so when I'm at work, that's what I do. And Bob, what I do is exactly what you said, even, even in being distracted at work by all the things that are going on, I will write down a one task and cross it off my list after I've set a timer. And that's how I tackle that. But then at home, I think it's a little different. And so Meredith, you've got some experience, I guess, 10 years on me <laughs> with being a mom. And uh, for the woman, I guess, who is feeling overwhelmed by all the things that yeah. she wants to do in life, what's your advice to her in this season of yeah. overwhelm? I mean, I'm overwhelmed every day that I wake up yep. with <laughs> my three children and my full-time job and my husband. But I have learned after 41 years. Um that exactly what you said, Kaylee, I think you have to wake up in the morning and say, what's the thing that matters most? I think, Bob, it goes back to your mm-hmm. um, teaching, which mm-hmm. is what am I really hoping for? Mm-hmm. I'm going to hang a target on that hope mm-hmm. and then I'm going to get adjacent to it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to start. Yeah. And sometimes that means, Kaylee, you disappoint people yeah. because people are going to want you to do things that maybe don't align with your target, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like, I dis- I'm certain I disappoint people every single day, Me too. but I just want to make sure I'm not disappointing the people that matter the most mm-hmm. in my life that my target is on, you know? Yeah. So Bob, yeah, do you have anything so uh, to, to speak to about that of just the overwhelm of life and how to um, manage that overwhelm and not get distracted? 
Yeah, I'm just thinking about uh, Jesus's life. You know, in the three years of public ministry, he asked 307 questions and he only answered three. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) The first one. Much better about my mail inbox right now. Yes. So maybe this idea of just say, like the first one was to the lawyer like me, like, you know, what's the big commandment? Love God and love your neighbor. Uh, the second one, someone asked him, will you teach us how to pray? And he said, our father, do you know how the rest of that goes? And the third was, was in front of Pilate. And he said, so I hear you're the king of the Jews. And he said, yes, I am. <laughs> so I don't think we have to have all the answers. Um, I just have all the questions. And so if we walk through with kind of palms up saying, I got questions about some stuff and then take a deep dive. You're not taking depositions. I know how to do that. Um, you're taking a genuine interest in people. Ask questions. Uh, don't, don't stop at how you doing. That's the snorkeler. That's the top two feet to say, what does it feel like to be you right now? Go ask the people around you. And instead of asking, how's your life working for you, which my life's always working great for me, I ask the person you love the most, how is my life working for you? Because <laughs> there's been a couple of times at Sweet Maria when I asked the question, she said, actually, buddy, I love you like I love to breathe, but your life is not working for me right now. And so there's something beautiful about asking those questions that will give you this perspective that you don't have on your life. And then dive into the scriptures to say, I just, <clears throat> the, uh, in the book of Matthew, it said that my problem with you is this, you don't know the scriptures, so you haven't experienced the power of God. And even though I write books uh, and don't put Bible verses in the book I, books I write, because I'm writing them for the guy who's church adjacent, like the person that, uh, he's not mad at the church, he just doesn't go to the church. Uh, but I write it and fill it with truth from the scriptures. Uh, and there's something beautiful about that. Uh, if we're just really clear about why we're doing what we're doing, then God is going to use us in big or small ways. He gets to decide, but we just want to show up. I, I have one last thing. I, you guys down in the South, you say, be where your feet are. I love that saying to just kind of be right where your feet are, not to be distracted by all the stuff going around. And this iPhone that you guys have been carrying around, <laughs> I'll lose it. Really? You, you'll find out, get a pager. It's not the first time an Apple has done us in. Um, but what I want us to do is be fully present with the people that we're with. Don't be scrolling through stuff when you're with them. Just put it in your back pocket, get a gun safe, and give the combination to somebody you love the most who won't tell you the combo. <laughs> Just leave it. Open it up every week or two. You'll find out all the messages you missed. Um, and I just think there's something beautiful about that. If we're resolute, if we know why we're doing what we're doing. I'm just really grateful to be on the podcast with you guys. And I just think of all the hundreds of thousands or millions of lives that everyone listening is impacting. Um, and so I just want to encourage you to just be undistracted. You know why you're doing what you're doing. Go do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great, Bob. I'm going to repeat what you said uh, just a second ago. You said there's something beautiful about living undistracted. And I think that a message like this can sometimes be interpreted as like, oh, this is this is a simple concept. And while it is a simple concept to live an undistracted life, I think we can dismiss it because it seems so easy, but there's so much that God wants to do 
when we live fully focused and undistracted lives mm-hmm. and aren't looking at what other people are doing and really are focused on accomplishing his purpose within us. And so, mm-hmm. Bob, thank you so much for what you shared with us today. It was a great time. We Mm -hmm. laughed a lot, but we also learned a lot. Um, And so I'm really thankful for this message. And guys, if you want to do this study with a group of friends or maybe go through it by yourself, Bob actually has the undistracted study guide and streaming video available. We're going to link it in our show notes at proverbs31.org slash listen for you to access if you want to dive deeper into this study. Absolutely. We'd also like to point you to Bob's website at bobgoff.com where you can learn more about his books, coaching opportunities, the podcast, and so much more because he does so much for the community. Thanks so much for joining us today on the show. Friends at Proverbs 31 Ministries, we believe when you know the truth and live the truth, it really will change everything for you. 